The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Belinda Weaver about making yourself choosable. Dead excited to have this conversation. Just before we do, though, we've got something we've put together for you that is really cool and it's completely free. It's both cool and it's free. How about that? Because we know you want to make more sales with email. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening to this. But one of the most important things that you can get people to do is to click on your links to go and look at the thing you want them to buy. If they're not clicking, they're not buying. So we've put together 12 really creative ways ways that you can get more clicks in every single email that you send starting right now from the very next email you send in a download that we called click tricks it's yours totally free as a listener to this podcast all you have to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks he lied to the milkman it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and he once didn't go on a second date with someone because they hadn't seen drop dead fred it's psychological mind reader kennedy Okay, what did you do with the milkman? What did you lie about him? No, this is not your child! So, first of all, we don't actually have a milkman, but I'm going to tell you the story, because what happened was... Oh, so you've just lied to us. You've lied... <laughs> you've just a dirty one lie. Yesterday, there was a, a knock on the door. Sounded like that. <laughs> he does his own sound effects, like Radio 2. Exactly. And uh, I went down, a really, really aggressive sounding knock on the door. Went and opened the door. There was a, a woman there, milk woman, milk person, trying to sell me milk and deliveries of groceries and I said oh I'm sorry we just don't drink milk in this house Uh, and that was a lie we do we don't drink your milk in this house milk lady I think um, I think you already know this but I haven't seen Drop Dead Fred what? I'm 34 and I haven't seen Drop Dead Fred shit you were looking for a sound effect there, weren't you? I was. Like a, I was like, where's the fuck like this Like the sound button? of like a French guillotine chopping somebody's head off or something. Like you have never seen it. Never seen it. I don't even know what it is. Don't even know what it's about. Kennedy and Kennedy <laughs> hasn't, got the same, hasn't got the same ring. Kennedy and Belinda, I think, is going to be the new <laughs> thing. Yeah, Belinda, Belinda might be after a new gig after this. I don't know. Uh, wow. No, true. I, I've, my favourite film is Drop Dead Fred. And uh, I once was on this date, back in the day, I was about 20, and uh, this last was like, what's that? A bit like what you just did, basically. Are you... Hang on. I thought I recognised <laughs> your face. <laughs> did she have a really big nose that you went on a date with? <laughs> well, I didn't think so at the time, but now I look at you. Uh, anyway, uh, that's, it's true. It's true, I didn't. I did. Anyway, we are a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who love giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Couldn't give a shit, mate. It's just Wednesday. Stop it with this email marketing Wednesday thing. Yeah, if you haven't already, by the way, if you're brand new to the show, hello, welcome, thanks for joining us. And make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on a single episode. Do, actually, while you're listening to this, uh, take a quick screenshot of this podcast episode that you're listening to or take a selfie if you prefer to get your face on our Instagram. Put it on Instagram, on your stories, tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We will share it and spread the love. And we just, honestly, we love to see what episodes are pulling you in and you're listening to. So go ahead and do that. Do it now. Do it now. Do it. Do it. 
do it. So, Rob, we've got Belinda Weaver in the wings, ready to ready to rock this thing. Yeah. What are these three things is true about Belinda, but only one of them. The other two are made up. Right. Here's the first. No, no looking, no cheating. Here we go. Was her first ever concert that she went to a concert of the village people? Can she ice skate but not roller skate? Or did she have a pet peacock called Cocker? Oh, I was hoping one of them was going to be doesn't have a milkman. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to flip and go for this. I'm going to go for the one that sounds the most outlandish. And I'm going to go for the one that I have, I'm not going to even show my working out in the margin. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to guess yeah. that Belinda, don't know why I'm even saying the words, had a pet peacock called Cocker. Belinda, which one of those is true? I would I would love to have had a pet peacock called Cocker. <laughs> no, but it's not. My first ever concert was the Village People. Wow. Young man. Yeah. Amazing. Best night of my life. Best night of my life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. One of the things I know that a lot of people because you help. You help amazing people who are learning to be copywriters to really up their game. And I know one of the things that their clients worry about and they worry about themselves is this idea of standing out. Because not everybody is willing to go to the commitment of dyeing their hair bright red or doing, you know, looking as handsome as me. That it takes a lot of commitment. So, so I think there's a there's a big question around like I'm doing this thing as loads of people do in the thing that I do. Lots of people have this kind of course or teach that kind of thing. Why should why should people choose me? And why do you what I'm curious, why do you think people worry so much about that? Why is that such a big concern? Well, it's kind of marketing 101. I know when I went to school to do marketing after 10 years in IT, it was your USP, your unique selling proposition, that um, your differentiator, what makes you separate, what makes you different. And, you know, there's the elevator pitch. What, uh, who do you, what do you do? Who do you do it for? And why are you different? These things are drummed into us. And I kind of have this idea, I call it the unicorn fallacy, where in order to be successful, you have to be unique and you have to be different. And in my own journey, when I started as a copywriter, I thought, well, I don't know what makes me unique yet because I'm just getting started. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm just going to kind of get as good as I can be and I'll figure it out later. I'll figure out what makes me unique. And I think a lot of business owners are in this exact same position. And as a copywriter, I would ask in my brief, what makes you unique? And I right. never expected a great answer because I didn't have a great answer. I was like, oh, nothing makes me unique anyway, but I'm still showing up. I'm still earning an income and I'm still making progress. And so it was at some point when I realized I'm not sure we have to be different in order to be successful. Do you think that this idea of, of being unique, having a, a unique selling proposition is actually just irrelevant now it's come i mean because for me unless you're inventing something new which not many of us are like if unless you're inventing something new and then again even if you are because of the way the world communicates and works and how accessible it is it's not it's not going to be unique for long anyway like that's right so, so like 
this idea of a UDP, a USP, or whatever the hell you want to call it, I mean, is is it is it even relevant? Is anybody even successfully doing it? I don't think it's completely irrelevant because, I mean, if you do something that is truly unique, good for you. It can be harder to market to the new market because you got to educate them, you got to get them to switch and all that kind of stuff. But I think most of us aren't. And I think the words you use there is when we make stuff up, you know, because we try and come up with a gimmick that makes us separate. If we do have something, that is brilliant. But a lot of us get paralyzed and we don't do the things we could be doing in order to get more business in simply because we worry that it's not different, unique, special, super creative, not rock star worthy. And so we just do nothing. That makes sense. Now, for somebody listening to this who's thinking, Phew, thank God for that, because I've been feeling this pressure for a while to try and figure out what's unique about me. Obviously, what we do have to do is, you know, unless you're in the weird position of being the only person in your industry, you do now have to get picked. You do have to get chosen amongst the sea of competition out there. And, and typically, that's not just the competition for the people who do the same thing as you, but also the alternative things. So like, you know, yes. um, this particular type of uh, fitness thing is not the only way that you can lose weight and get into shape. You can also have an operation. And those are obviously in competition to each other, even though they're a bit different. So how do we start to make ourselves more choosable well i think it starts with the idea um also that you, you don't have to be unique and the best um isn't always the favorite and so what we want to try and do is we want to try and not only get in front of people but become their favorite and what we do as buyers when we're making a decision on who we choose we don't want to look at the whole internet we want a really short list, which is often why we go to people we know first, but know that people are always trying to cut their choices. And so we need to send out signals in our marketing that can help us become their favorite. And basically as buyers, we want to know that you have solved the problem that I have, that you can actually do it, that you have sold it for other people and you did it well enough to get reviews and testimonials and stuff like that. And, and this is the big one, that you're not a complete twat to work with. And that can be the difference. That's how you can become the favorite. And that's actually, I think, the area where a lot of people shy away from. But all these areas showing that you can solve the problem, that you've solved it for others, and that this is what you're like to work with. And as a human, when you do those on a regular basis, people start to get to know you and like you and trust you. And that's what makes you choosable even if you're not unique and even if maybe not even the best. I feel like Kennedy's this still way. working on that third one, by the way, just so you know, like, I work with <laughs> just, him every just... day. And, uh... <laughs> and and I am. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So it, it kind of makes me think of a couple of things. First of all, it reminds me of the age, age-old marketing campaign. I think it was, and I might butcher this example because it's a long time since I read it. It was about, I think it was rental cars and it was Avis. And they were the number two in the market. Number one was somebody else, right? And number two was, let's say it was Avis. And their marketing campaign was, we're number two, so we try harder. And I think that is just a beautiful thing. But I think what's interesting you spoke to there is, okay, what you do, let's say you're a copywriter, because you are, right? And you write copy, great. Okay, that might not on its own not be unique. 
but none of the none of us are inventing elements out of thin air. Like I've seen a periodic table that hasn't changed for years. The raw elements of the world are the same. So the ingredients are identical, but it's almost like the cocktail, the the actual the thing you're cooking is what makes it unique. It's that unique combination. So in in the case of yourself, Belinda, it's going to be the fact you're a copywriter. You're from Australia, but you live in the States. It's, it's some of these things that might not even initially sound like they're relevant, but this is the unique cocktail that makes you choosable or at least distinguishable. That's right. And especially when it comes to courses and memberships, because I have both and I'm not the only copywriter with a copywriting course. I'm not the only copywriter with a coaching membership, but there are different vibes to different tribes. And the people who choose my courses and my memberships do so because I've taken care of the low hanging fruit. I've proven that I can deliver on my promises that I have done it for other people. But ultimately what it'll come down to is someone going, I like the cut of her jib. I think I'm going to enjoy the experience of working with Belinda over the other communities. And that can be how you become someone's favorite. There's a really interesting thing here where people are are potentially like, it doesn't really matter if somebody is the best leader in a particular space or in a particular industry. If you don't like them, or, or at least what what they portray of themselves. If you don't like what you see of them, then you aren't going to want to work with them. Going back to your third point from earlier on. So I guess like our personality really comes into this in terms of, especially when it comes to written copy, either in email copy or in longer form copy and that kind of thing. So I guess personality and portraying that plays a really important part to all of this. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you have to have made sure you've taken care of the other elements. And this is where I think a lot of people skip over that in their marketing, explaining what happens once you join the program, the process of working with you, sharing reviews and testimonials and credibility markers all the time. Those are the things that make buyers, potential members and course takers feel safe with you because there's this natural anxiety as well when we make a decision of what's going to happen next. And so that information of like, this is what's going to happen when we start working together, when you take my course program and when you join my membership, um, and here's all the proof that I've done it for others, that makes people feel safe and certain, which can also be a great way to get people to choose you. So you need to take care of those first. And then the swaying point, if all things are equal, it will be, do I like you? Do I think I'm going to enjoy hanging out with you? Do I respect you? And that can actually be a, a huge influence on someone making decisions as long as you've taken care of those other elements first. And that's where you can do that consistently so people get to trust you and know you. So the likability factor is the tipping point. Do you want to just talk to us a bit about what it is that we can do, like sort of the implementable things that we can go out there and do in order to display what it's like to work with you? Because each of us now is painting a picture in our minds of what we think that is. I'll tell you what mine is. So, for example, one of our powerful things that we do is we do a video tour of inside of our membership, the league. So people can go, oh, as soon as I get in, this is what it's going to be like. This is what's involved. This is how I navigate myself around that because that overcomes a bunch of objections such as how will I find my way around? Well, here's this wonderful success track or whatever it's going to be. So a demo video of showing what it's like inside. But 
How, what other techniques do you use as a copywriter and, and showing people what it's really like to work with you? Well, I think it's, it's shifting a lot of the information we reserve once people buy from us, once people register for the course or join the membership or buy the, you know, the tripwire or whatever. We often do a lot of things like I send people little personal videos. I do the video tour. I say, this is what happens next, but we need to shift that all that information to our prospective buyers because that's what gives them the roadmap. And so in, especially when for people doing launch marketing, it's pulling a lot of that content into your pre-launch material and showing people this is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen when you join. This is how often we check in with you. This is how you can ask me questions. A lot of that we keep from behind the paywall, but that's all really strong process information that can give people the essential roadmap that just makes them feel safe. But there's also things like your passion, why you got started. And this is a bit of a marketing cliche as well. But I like I'm a have two young kids. I became a copywriter before I had kids because I wanted a family friendly business. And a lot of my business journey is getting it all done around two young kids and a pug. So I share a lot of that in my marketing and in my emails. There are a lot of the stories that I share, and they attract a certain kind of person who goes, "Yes, she's gonna get it." She understands what it's like to be me as well. So that's another thing you can bring forward into your marketing um, because it will be a really strong connection point. And then there's also slightly more frivolous things about what you like doing. I mean, this is where I find a lot of people shy away because they're like, oh my God, no one cares if I like tea or coffee. No one cares what kind of pet I have. No one cares what kind of TV show I like. Oh yes, they do. But these, what I, are what I call Velcro hooks. And the more little Velcro hooks we share and we connect with people, the stronger that connection is. And so I've had a lot of conversations. I have a page on my website, kind of things you don't know about me. The village people fact is on there as well. But I have a lot of conversations that start. I also have a pug. I also wanted to do this. I also love Doctor Who. That's my big obsession. But when we drop these through our stories and in our marketing and our references, along with our process and our passion, our why, we build that know, like, and trust vector all the time. We don't wait till we launch. And so when we actually do launch and we're sending our big, long pre-launch email campaign and our big, long sales email campaign, we're basically just getting people to the point where they're going, where do I sign up? Because all the other marketing that we do all the time has people going, I like this, I want it, I just need the door to be open and I'm in. The other thing that's really interesting about all of this is it makes me realize that for every person who does choose you, there's also going to be some people who won't because you are putting so much of your stuff out there. So for example, you said, you know, there's a vibe for every tribe and some people are going to say they just like the way you are and the way that you chat, which of course means, again, for every, I mean, in some cases for every one person who does like it, there might be two or three that don't. And again, you have to be okay with that. And because we're quite eccentric and different, we're happy to be okay with that. The fact that there are definitely going to be people who just don't want to learn email marketing from us and that's okay as well. What's your kind of take on all of that side of things? Well, that actually 
troubled me for a little while, especially in the early years of my business. Because often when we start a business, we're like, oh my God, we've got to be professional. We want people to like us and book us and we don't want to mess this up. That's certainly how I was. But what I realized after a couple of years, and it really was this crunch point of like, what does make me unique is what I realized I was making myself more vanilla and uninteresting to the people who would be interested And when I let go of that, I actually leaned into, well, it's actually a lot more relaxing to be yourself as well. You don't have to kind of keep up the facade. But when I leaned into it, I got a much greater response. And so me knowing that there are other coaching memberships and other courses, people are going to take them and choose them. That is fine because I know as soon as I water down the things that make me me and the way I do things, I'm going to lose everyone. So I'd rather have some people who really dig me than no one because I'm being bland as all hell. And what's really nice, one of the things that's nice about being you, there's a couple of things that happen. One is you will get feedback and some of that feedback will be, oh my God, you're the best thing ever. And that's really nice because you've created what we call the environment of zero competition because there is nobody else who has that unique recipe in them because of your personality and your offer and your history and the things about you, the Doctor Who and the pug and the kids. and the, That is a unique recipe, which means you're, you've got an environment of zero competition. Your fee is your fee. Your services are your services. Your The way you work is the way you work and you're not worrying about that. But the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to get negative feedback. You're going to get people saying, I will never buy from you because you whatever. You're offensive. You swear. You've got a dog and I believe dogs should be free or whatever the whatever <laughs> the whatever the thing is. Um, but I think when people I'm interested to hear what's your advice for people who are afraid of the, the negative feedback from when they actually relax and fall into their that themselves and making themselves choosable in that way. Well, I think if we're going to really put ourselves out there, if we want the things and the success that we do really want, we have to get tougher skin. We have to build our muscles to bless and release. Bye-bye, my friend. There are people who just feel like it's okay to say really rude things to you that are not okay. Um, And you just have to kind of ignore those people. Now that doesn't mean you don't read that one comment out of a hundred and go, I'm going to question everything I'm doing and my whole entire purpose, but you have to build your muscles up to go, actually, I'm going to catch that narrative and I'm going to let it go because the people I am serving are here for it. And the more I concentrate on that one person who's an idiot, (laughs) then the, the less I'm focusing on the people who are actively more interested in it. And so it's just bless and release, my friend, move on. I love this. And I really hope that people listening take this as permission to go out and be themselves and just do the best work they can and deliver more of them in everything that they do and, and attract the, the tribe that are going to want that. I love it. Uh, but now it's time to go into this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. Okay, Belinda, what's your subject line of the week, please? Well, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to share two. So my best performing subject line, I know, bucking the rules all the time. My best performing subject line is really straightforward. I use email subject lines to label my content. So if I get an email with a, it's too mysterious, I'm not going to read it because I don't know what it is. My best performing one is, 
the Copywriting Incubator. That's the name of my program. I have news. Super high open rate because it is. It says what it is. But my favorite email subject line is actually quick question. And then I have my nine word question that usually re-engages people. But I like quick question because as we're looking at our inbox, we're not looking at emails that need a 20 minute reply. I want to do things I can quickly answer and then get out of my inbox. So the quick question lets people know this is going to be super fast. I just need a second of your time. And then we're done. I love it. That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. This has been awesome. Belinda, for people who want to find out more about you and everything that you're doing, tell us where do we go? How do we find you? Copyright Matters is my website. So I'm going to quickly spell it out because it's not trademarking. It's C-O-P-Y-R-I-T-E matters.com. And I have a newsletter that drops weekly tools and tips and copywriting advice. And if you're a copywriter listening, and I know there are a lot because I hear from them, they listen to your show. I actually have a quiz that tells you the one focus you need to have to accelerate your copywriting business. Oh, I love the sound of that. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. It's always nice hanging out with you. And thank you to you for listening to the whole show, the whole episode this week. Make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player. And we'll see you next week. Ta-ra. The email, my-